Hello and everybody, Andrew Zarian here, Wrestling Observer Live. We're here every day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, and Sundays, 6 p.m. Eastern, and wow, what a week. <laughs> I feel like I say that every single week now. I mean, I, I'm literally saying, oh man, what a week. Every week, and I tell you guys, I have a lot to talk about, uh, and and this is no no different than previous weeks. This week on the show with me, coming up after uh, when we come back, Mike Sepervivi. The man, the myth, the legend, the host of Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, you know, Brian shows up every now and then when he's not in Hawaii, when he's not traveling the world. Mike's the guy that's there every single day. So we're going to have Mike on with me today to talk about everything happening in professional wrestling. Obviously, Elimination Chamber last night, uh, or yesterday afternoon, I should say, or, or in the morning for you, depending on where you are. Uh, we're going to discuss the fallout from that show. A couple of good things, a couple of weird things. It was... A, a oddly paced show, in my opinion. Uh, show ended very quickly. I didn't expect it to be a two under three hour show, which I'm not complaining about. Bullet Club implosion on Impact No Surrender that happened. Also, uh, new New Japan World uh, NJPW. I'm hearing echoing now. I don't know what's happening. NJPW US Champion. We're going to talk about that. Follow up to Cody leaving AEW and possibly headed to WWE. That's the big story here. And obviously, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, I, I can't believe that story got buried from a, uh, because of Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I think that's the, the craziest part, but uh, we're going to talk about Stone Cold possibly returning for one one match, two matches. Who knows? We're going to find out. But uh, a lot of great stuff to talk about today. I'm very curious how this week plays out. I think a lot of people are also curious, especially with AEW TV, WWE TV, and everything else that's going on. Uh, I, I, I think we're going to get a lot of answers. And, and obviously, there's that Tony Khan mystery. That Tony Khan massive announcement that we're going to be finding out about. I'm very curious about that because that's going to play out to be something maybe very large. Maybe not so much. <laughs> I, I We're going to find that out too. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think. If you're watching live and you're joining us on the F4W streams, I highly recommend you guys send us your thoughts. What's your quite what 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 do you think it is? I have a theory. I'm gonna ask Mike what his theory is too. I'm sure Mike has a good theory on this. A lot of speculation. Is it a streaming deal? Is it a, a new announcement? Is it a video game announcement? We're gonna find out. We're gonna go to a quick break. And after this, Mike Sepervivi joins me. Wrestling Observer Live, Andrew Zarin here, Sunday edition. We'll be right back after this. Andrew Zarian here, Wrestling Observer Live, Sunday edition. Let me introduce somebody got to you guys. I don't think I need to introduce them. The one, the only, the living legend, Mike Sepervivi is here with me. What's going on, Mike? Man, I forgot there even was a Sunday anymore. Now I didn't have to do this, uh, and you taking it over. Man, I forgot what all this was like on Sunday nights, man. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've only caused slight harm when it comes to production uh, so far to start the show but there's still time i might be able to ruin the whole thing yet it's okay listen it's fine you, you can do whatever you want you're the og here i'm the new i'm the new kid on the block right i'm i'm collecting hosts wrestling observer past and present hosts so uh now i have you uh brian has yet to do it i have dave and now i need tom tom and brian are the finals to the set right you, yes, you definitely need Filthy Tom Lawler, who can be a little tough on Sundays to try to, you know, book down because he's booked out everywhere. And 
when it comes to Brian, you know, he's a family man now. He likes to remind everybody of that, especially when he's sitting on the beach with his family in Hawaii, rubbing that into everybody. But uh, he may be a little bit tougher, but I have a feeling sooner or later you'll be able to get the the official OGA back on this show. Listen, and, and the Grays are showing for Brian, you know, Mr. Family Man. He's loving the gimmick right now. Yeah, well, you stopped using the gimmick in his hair, and that's what uh, he's letting the gray go out, letting it be natural. You got to be like Kevin Nash, man. At some point, you just you got to let it go. You know, it's okay to be the the silver fox amongst all these other kids out here trying to play. <laughs> Listen, uh, big week, obviously, for professional wrestling that just passed. You covered this throughout the entire week with Brian away, but uh, you know, let's start off with Elimination Chamber, something you haven't discussed. From Saudi Arabia, went on yesterday at noon. The show ended, I think they had a hard out at like 2.50 Eastern, uh, which I was really surprised about it and, and happy about it because I got my whole afternoon. I didn't have to sit here for five hours and watch a pay-per-view, which was uh, pleasant. Quick, uh, easy. They had, uh, you know, there were some twists and turns to the story. A lot of people were questioning what would happen in that main event with Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, uh, Riddle, AJ Styles, and Seth Rollins. Uh, we found out what happened, and it was Brock Lesnar destroying everybody. Bobby Lashley did not compete at all. He's out with a shoulder injury. And I don't know if I said it on this show. Mike, did you notice uh, when he was facing Lesnar, he was taking those suplexes really awkwardly oh, at, yeah. at Royal Rumble? I mean, every time he took that suplex, he took that turn more and more and more to one side and it was at one point he was taking it on you know his upper back neck and i think i said something on the air like ah, something's going on there and which now we found out his shoulders really messed up uh he's out uh, indefinitely for a while brock lesnar wwe champion once again and we're getting a title versus title match at wrestlemania what do you make of this well, yeah, I found out Lashley was banged up when I was one of the people that whined and complained about, okay, you're running Denver. Why is this guy not in a match crushing somebody? Why is he only in the ring cutting a promo? And then to get the text after the show saying that there is a reason for that. And then obviously now everything has kind of played itself out. Dave has mentioned it. And then with him being taken out of the match yesterday, it's obvious that he's going to be on the shelf for a little while with that shoulder I like the decision to go ahead and put the title on Brock. I like the idea of title versus title. I like the idea of that being something maybe you could do on night one if you had something great for night two for WrestleMania, where you have Brock or Roman defend the title against somebody else. I mean, it gives you some options. The other thing I like about it is the fact that you have one match that is, a to me, a WrestleMania-level match. It is Brock Lesnar and it is Roman Reigns. And I know somebody out there is saying, we have already seen this a million times. It has been a WrestleMania match. Everything is time and place and environment. And in today's environment, in this time, in this place, they have nothing bigger than Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar to do it again at WrestleMania. So I like the idea. You know, I would have loved for Bobby Lashley not to be injured. And you could have told a little bit of a story there. But the way it's gone... I'm fine with the way it is with Brock and Roman being, you know, head 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 to head again for WrestleMania. You know, I I know that we've seen this match numerous times. We've seen it at WrestleMania. We've seen it. I, I mean, for the last couple of years, that's been the big story, right? That these are the two dominant forces in that company. These are the two top guys. Uh, you know, this could be the final one. Uh, and if they are ending it this way, you know, the story, the, you know, this marriage that they've had over the last couple of years ends with one of them getting both titles and holding it up at WrestleMania. I think that's a great optics visual 
for everybody. I, I think, you know, the people in that building, they're going to be happy with it. You know, it's something a little special. Uh, now the story is, you know, what do you do after that, which we'll find out. But that's the big story here is that it's going to be title versus title. Uh, and one of them is going to leave with both belts. Who do you put it on? You know, do you, do you have Roman get dethroned or or the Brock? You know, we we've these are all questions that we're going to find out, and this is going to lead to something else. Very interesting stuff, though. I, I'm really curious on playing this out and kind of seeing something a little bit different, right? Because we've seen this how many times? Do you think we're going to get a different style match, a different, I guess, conclusion to all of this? Uh, style match, no. Because why change with what works, you know? Uh, there's no reason to, to switch things up when it comes to these two. Just go out there, hammer at each other. Brock throws them around. Roman can rally. There'll be some times for him to get in a little bit of his dialogue now that he's added to his game. I, that's one thing I've appreciated with Roman Reigns. I do enjoy the commentary. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they focus on a little bit too much, but I am greatly What, when they zoom in on his face during, oh, during a headlock? Yes! <laughs> Yes, and he's talking about, man, I'm, these arms are too big. Like, yes, give me more of that. I loved that. But, yeah, that's a good version you know, of it, it all depends on where, what you decide to do for, what do they call it, their uh, backlash, WrestleMania backlash now. I mean, you could keep, you know, if you're <laughs> going to have something in the title place, you're not going to like the whole concept behind that pay-per-view and all that sort of stuff. I, I don't like that at all, but... It does give you a way to draw WrestleMania out a little bit further in case you wanted to use Brock there. But to me, Roman Reigns should be the one standing tall there because I believe, as great as Brock Lesnar is, he's here for this run, go away for a little bit, come back again when you need him to come back and when he can make the most impact. To me, Brock Lesnar being there all the time when you don't have any other stars it just doesn't do anybody any good because he's got to go through and crush everybody. So to me, Roman Reigns makes more sense to stand tall there at the end. Again, not to insult anybody else, but they don't have stars right now. And as much as I like Kevin Owens, as much as I like Seth Rollins, they're not even close to that level right now. So you got to get those guys back up again. So when Brock comes back, it can be more impactful. And frankly, the next time he comes back, I want to see him and Bobby Lashley again too because that's a program we've scratched the surface on, but we really haven't gotten into. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Lashley had a great year as far as champion goes. They really solidified him as that top guy on the Raw side, which I'm happy about because this guy, you know, you look at him and, and you say, this guy is not from this planet. He's from the, the Rock planet. You know, I mean, just look at him. He's gigantic. Same thing with Brock Lesnar, you know, very impressive to see. And he really, it took a while. See, excuse me. I had to dump that out. You saw that? <laughs> Nobody heard it except me, and then I and then I blew my cover by saying, you know, I had to sneeze. Uh, I, I, I very impressive looking guy. So he's out for a little bit. I hope he comes back. The other thing, you know, as of right now, this seems to be the card for WrestleMania, and you're going to get Brock Lesnar obviously you know, versus uh, Roman Reigns. You're going to get SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, uh, Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch facing Bianca Belair, the winner of the Women's Elimination Chamber match, and. I know Mike's really happy about this. The return of Logan Paul. Mm. The Miz is looking for a global superstar to partner with him to take on the Mysterios. And who better than global superstar Logan Paul? Finally, they realize he's a heel, though. 
Remember when there was that dude that would always go around and like try to bait Deontay Wilder into a fight, <laughs> and so they like they let him come into the gym and he just yeah. beat the hell out of him. Like they they somebody would have did that with the Paul brothers early on. We wouldn't even gotten to this point with these two goofs. But hey, wow. look if it's. If if you get name value out of anybody, if they think that they can exploit him and get some buys, get some views, get some eyeballs, cool. I just have a feeling the way it's looking with this WrestleMania, when you get Paul, when you get Johnny Knoxville, when I I have a feeling it's going to be a whole lot of B and C level stuff that's uh, going to be surrounding Lesnar and uh, Roman Reigns. Absolutely. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the nitty gritty. Everything else going on, all the rumors, and and some of the AEW stuff that's going on. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Wrestling Observer Live, Sunday edition. We'll be right back. Wrestling Observer Live, Andrew Zarian here with my co-host, Mike Sepervivi of Wrestling Observer Live. We got the the weekday guy. We got the weekend guy. It's the whole thing here. (laughs) Big bookends on the week here. You know, it was such a big week. You had to bring me on to kind of trudge your way through everything that happened this week. I did. I I needed all the assistance that I could. Uh, (laughs) Cody and Brandy Rhodes leave AEW, the big story of the week. Uh, This, was it Tuesday morning or Monday morning? Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. Yeah, this changed my whole day. Monday afternoon is when it started. Those dominoes seemed to start falling. Yeah, this changed my whole day. My whole week uh, got changed because of this. So uh, in a statement released Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Sharp, uh, both from AEW's Tony Khan, AEW official website, and uh, The Roads, uh, Cody and Brandy, uh, they are now gone. Uh, Cody had been working without a contract for six weeks. Talks started falling apart. Uh, I believe it was Friday when I got wind that something's going on. I actually, you know, the craziest part of this, uh, Mike, I, you know, Brian and I were kind of chatting about this. Like, what have you heard? You know, whatever. We both had a a very similar story. We get a, we get a cryptic text from a number that we don't have. Um, and everything I started hearing was on the WWE side, like all the questions, it, whether or not I heard anything or what do I know. And I thought it was a WWE thing. And I'm like, oh, maybe this has to do with Austin, which we're going to talk about today. Maybe this has to do with that. Maybe there's something else going on. You know, we got the show in Saudi Arabia. Maybe something changed. No. To my surprise, it was that Cody did not resign and he's gone. And on Busted Open Radio on Friday, Tony Khan said it's very sad and not something any of them wanted. Cody also teased the retirement post on IG story. I think that was more like, hey, this is what retirement's like. I'm spending time with my kid. You know, he posted a very nice picture. What do you make of this, Mike? I, I, this is a little shocking, right? Surprising, surely. Surprising, surely. You know, there has been a lot of chatter for a long time. How well does everybody get along? How well does everyone get along professionally how well does everyone get along personally there is this has been going on for quite some time and depending on who was doing the bantering i could put a little more stock in some things than other but certainly by the time monday afternoon rolled around we were doing observer live brian was getting this text and you know (laughs) basically you know just said hey I don't know what's going on here. We got something big going on. Can't really say anything yet. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, let's see kind of what happens here. Yeah. And same then thing. <laughs> I'm making breakfast Tuesday morning and it was like, like nine o'clock. And it's like, 
What, wait, what? Got got a text that like something's going to be happening here, and then everything started to roll. You know, with, with what Dave said on Observer Radio, then exploding out even more with Cody leaving, Tony coming on busted open, saying what he said this week, talking about the situation. It's a surprise that he's going back, in my opinion, to WWE, a place where, yes, he can make the most money. Yes, it is the most opportunities for he and his family, both in wrestling and outside of wrestling. I think going in that direction is going to be intelligent for him, but it is a surprise that a guy that has been so vehement about in his thoughts about WWE has used all of the imagery of Triple H to destroy that and to kind of make light of that. But when things go south and go sideways with people that you may like, people that you may get along with pretty good, but but for professionally, you've found in the two or three years you've been working with them that things don't jive. I mean, that happens all of the time. And what's going to be, what's annoying right now to me is a lot of this is just, there's a lot of people inside the business, people that actually have some idea what's going on, people who have no idea what's going on, but want to feel like they have an idea of what's going on. Everybody's just squawking. Everybody's just, you know, it's all just, you know, nonsense right now. Who knows what the actual truths are? Kenny Omega says one thing on the Observer Radio show with Dave about the Cody verse. People lose their mind. It's like, is this necessarily a negative term? Yeah. You know, there's a lot that needs to be hashed out here because a lot of things can be true. On this show during the week, Brian doesn't like that to be the case. He wants to rant about something. He wants to argue something. But a lot of things can be true. You know, people, they may be fine, but they're just not jiving when it comes to work. There are things Cody maybe wanted to do. There are a lot of moving pieces here that we're not going to really know the answer on as far as where everybody stood through the entire process for quite some time. You know, for quite, quite some time. Some of it, if there's NDAs involved in it, and I'm sure there's going to be in certain aspects, we, we may never hear about or may never really know the direct story on. But we've heard a little from Kenny. We have not heard from Cody. We have not heard from the Bucks. We've heard a little from Tony. I have a feeling we're going to be hearing a lot more. Bottom line, Cody Rhodes going back to WWE is a head-scratcher to me in a lot of ways, but when the only other major company in the country that you helped found you're not going to be working for, your options to stay in pro wrestling become a lot more limited. Mm -hmm. So that's the way it goes right now. And again... You know, there's still a lot we're going to have to learn about this story, and there's still a lot of sides and a lot of hashing out we're going to have to do, too, because it's one thing, and this is this is the one thing when it comes to pro wrestling journalism and some of the things of trying to double source things and trying to make sure that when you do double source things, that second source isn't a friend of the first source or kind of feels a certain yeah. way about something. And, there's a lot and, of that going on, too. And that's and unfortunately with a story like this, that's just going to be the case. So it's going to take a lot of time to really hash things out. And, you know, it helps that, you know, Dave and, and Brian, especially Dave, has got such a relationship and is in tune with, with everybody because that's probably where we're going to be getting most of the stories through Dave and really, you know, again, how find out what's true, what's not, what's on the level and what's not with this whole deal. I can tell you, you know, uh, you hit a couple things. First of all, that interview that Dave and Garrett did with Kenny Omega, I, I highly recommend anybody listening to this, go check it out at WrestlingObserver.com. Uh, fantastic job by both those guys. Uh, Garrett, point blank, you know, started asking the good questions like, when are you coming back? What's going on? The Cody stuff. 
Um, the Cody verse comment, you know, tickled me a little bit because when I did Matt Men on Thursday, Rich kept mentioning the Cody verse, and you know that was that was a term that we both had heard early. Uh, I guess when everything was going down on like Friday, like I've heard people use that. I call I said the Cody vortex. I meant the Cody verse, uh, and I don't think it was. It's it's a positive here. Uh, I don't think it's being used in a very positive way. I, d- I think, listen, if Cody does like a character, right? Let's say we call it the Cody-verse, right? Like how Marvel has like the Marvel Marvel Universe where he could be a different Cody on WWE. He's like a whole different Cody in AEW. You know, there's no neck tattoo in WWE. <laughs> you know? But that's what it's been the whole time, though. But that's the thing that, that gets me is like when, when somebody can, kind of considers it an insult, it's like, look, the whole thing about the verse you know, they've got the Cardonaverse and G- GCW where it's, it is disconnected almost from everything else, and you have all these other characters. Let's be real here. From day yeah. one, Cody Rhodes' stuff has been disconnected from everybody else's, for good or for bad. And I'm not saying it's been, you know, it, it doesn't even fit the show. No, it has fit inside the show, but it has been in his own little world. So if this is insulting to anybody... Well, it's something that, I mean, to me, it doesn't sound like it's that big of an insult, but I'll say this, if it is, that's something that Cody, you, you know, that that's all on him because, you know, <laughs> these are the worlds that he created there. I, I, again, and that's one of those ones where I want to see how annoying is that really to him? How much yeah. of an insult is that, or is that ribbing on the square a little bit? Maybe a little bit. I, you know, I... I it, it's it is shocking now with with the rumors that he is going there and, and speaking to people within WWE and this could be them adding more fuel to the fire every conversation that I've had the last couple days has always been them waving their victory flags uh, because this is a major optics win there was a story that came out last week that we heard about the morale problems in the WWE locker room after Royal Rumble uh, the Shane McMahon exit out of WWE Vince McMahon, the story that Vince McMahon does not think that there is a fundamental problem with WWE. All these things are negative for WWE. And for a company that is a billion-dollar company with a multi-billion-dollar company with all the PR arms in the world, they will look at this as a major victory. Top to bottom. It's It's funny. It it is funny. (laughs) To me, it's cute. It's funny because it's not, to me, I don't see, yeah, it's a victory, in a way, sure, he's coming back over, but what are you winning what are you here? Do? Yeah, what are you winning? What are you going to do with him? Because that's the whole thing. Like, Brian went on a rant this, well, they, they're paying him, they got to use him well. Well, if you're paying somebody, you might as well use him well. It doesn't matter to. who they are. You're going to pay all that money for him and then bury him on the bench? And yeah. frankly, that doesn't mean whatever happens with him doesn't mean it's a good deal for anybody else to come over, even if they do use him well, not just at the jump, but for the duration of the deal. You know, it still doesn't mean somebody should jump over and go, well, they're going to do that for me. No, they, they they may not do that for you. Everything's an individual case. But when it comes to Cody going over there, yes, in some ways, I guess it could be considered an optic victory. But what are you winning here, really? Because the only thing you're winning is a breakup of a personal relationship and a business relationship he had with other people. Yeah. So what did you win? In some ways, they're going to look at this as, I don't want to see you getting leftovers, but like if you want to be like, you want to walk around with your flag and stomp around and say, look what we did. All somebody else has got to say is, well, that's because we didn't want him and he doesn't fit and he fits a lot better with your circus than he does with us. So, yeah, I mean, it's a name coming back over. But the problem with that also is, is 
what does Cody Rhodes mean to outside of the wrestling world when you're trying to like, when you're all about big brands, big stars, all this other stuff, how big is Cody? We're going to find out because in that world in AEW and on Turner to see Cody Rhodes in that role was a big deal. Now he comes back into WWE. We'll see what they do with him, but I'm not just going to say because he's there, it's a big dub. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. Coming back after the break, talking about Steve Austin possibly returning back to in-ring action. All this and a lot more. Wrestling Observer Live, Andrew Zarian and Mike Sepervivi. We'll be right back. Wrestling Observer Live, Andrew Zarian here. Liking this beat. New York City right You're here. You're welcome for these bumps. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Sepervivi joining me. I'm feeling this, man. I'm feeling it. Uh, good time to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin's possible in-ring return. First of all, let, let's let's look at this, right? 19 years ago was his last match. This is a guy that said once he was done, he was done. He didn't want to come back because he doesn't want to get the feeling about wanting to come back again. And also, he said he doesn't want to perform if he cannot perform at, at a top level. A couple of years ago, we heard he's moving really well. He There was a video of, I believe, his reality show on uh, that was on USA where he's taking all these bumps in the ring, and he looks, I mean, he looks fantastic. Right before uh, we went into the pandemic era, he was running those ropes, and with, I mean, he looked really good, and now we're hearing the rumor that possibly him and Kevin Owens are going to po- do something. Uh, they're definitely doing something, just a matter of what they're doing exactly. Now... If it's him coming out there, stunning him and, you know, doing the beer thing and leaving. All right, whatever. That's cool. If it's him having an actual match. All right. That's great. What does this mean? Mike, break this down for us. It means Triple H won't try to battle back from his heart issues to face Cody Rhodes in a match where we're just because Steve Austin will be in the way and overwhelming it with Kevin Owens. But look, I think it's. It's insane to me, but I don't know his medical condition. To me, I cringe. Like, if I never had seen a Brian Danielson match again, I could go, you know okay. what? You gave me everything I needed to. I don't need to see any more. Don't put your health on the line. Edge, same way. A lot of these guys with the necks and all that stuff, same exact way. But we also see where the medicine has gone. We also see what time off has done with a lot of the new research, a lot of the new stem cells, all those gimmicks, all that stuff. If he is, po- If there's any way to get him back for one, I mean, of course you do it. If he's willing to do it, of course you do it. Because you know he's not going to do anything to embarrass himself. That's one of the reasons he hasn't come back. That's one of the reasons the fact that he had considered doing Hustle way back when. He was going to do a deal with Takata and come into Hustle. It's just bizarre to think about, in hindsight, what that promotion turned into if that would have been one of the last times he stepped in the ring. So to get in there with Kevin Owens, a guy who's super safe, a guy who's been around forever, they could do almost nothing. Nothing in the state of Texas in Dallas Stadium and get all of the reaction yep. in the world. And that's exactly what I think they're going to do. Do the least amount possible to get the most reaction. If there's any question on the fence about his his health, I, of course you don't do it. But obviously there's not. So to me, I mean, you have to do it. I'll bitch and moan and, and complain and bitch about every, all these other guys coming back from over the years. Ain't no way that you can complain about Steve Austin coming back yeah. from one. You just can't do it. No, and, and by the way, when you're telling that, I got goosebumps, you know, like that, I got a good feeling from this. And and I said this to Garrett on We're Live, pal. I don't care about star quality. If Dave gives this a dud, it's still going to be a fantastic experience, right? Because Steve Austin, 
uh, possibly come. Again, this is all up in the air, right? Nothing is signed. Nothing is finalized. They got a lot of stuff to work through. We got to, you know, we still have a little bit of time here. But regardless, they'll probably do something. And by the way, one of my buddies here, okay? I was telling you about my buddy Josh before we went on the air. And I said he is the biggest Mike Sepervivi fan. He just texted me. <laughs> he goes, Sepervivi? I love him. I appreciate that, Josh. Your biggest you. fan. Biggest fan, Josh. <laughs> uh, so, oh, man. I, you I know, wish I, I had some fans like that in this house. <laughs> but I got to tell you, man, uh, you know, very exciting stuff if this happens. Now, when I spoke to someone there last week, you know, I was like, what's going on? Obviously, nobody's saying that it's happening, right? Nobody's saying that it's happening. It's not going on. But uh, they're, they're not saying no. And one, one of my sources is like, listen, if we could get Steve to do anything, that's fantastic. The door is always open for Steve. Same thing with The Rock. It's always the same thing. If they want to do something, they could do whatever they want. However, this time, they're talking about, you know, maybe we could get more out of him if this is a positive. And, and I think that will, that is what they will eventually do. If, if Steve comes in there and he looks like a million bucks and he's moving well, there's one match that I could see them. And I'm not reporting that this is happening because there was already a report out there that I said this is, this is going to happen. And it got me thinking a little bit. Him and Goldberg, you know, I know everybody's going to poo-poo on this, right? However, if for WWE to get those two in the ring, in their gear to some extent, staring down and doing something, wouldn't this be the moment for them to take that clip, play it for the next 20 years, sell the ring mats at three, you know, square of the ring mat, commemorative square for $300 a piece, the Austin commemorative you know uh uh knee brace you know if they could do this <laughs> isn't this the moment i look uh straight up from that point of view from the marketing <laughs> point of view and all that you visually bet, yeah i mean there's I don't want to see them in the ring with each other. Yeah. And the problem with that is, too, I don't know if you want to damage as much as you can damage a legacy in pro wrestling. Like, you know, people have already, you know, cast their die and chosen who they wanted out of that era. Most people, I would assume it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, but there are the Goldbergs heads out there, big WCW fans. But, like, to me... I would rather see them in a tag match. This is like the the Muda thing where yeah. it's like, all right, KG Muda's put him in a tag match with somebody. I'm cool with it. Singles match match with each other. I don't know if that's it, but for again, for the reasons that you mentioned, for the fact that for as great as they do, for as much money as they make, you gotta try to stay in the public eye the best way you can, and and you know, in the, the media and in the style section and all that sort of stuff. And that's the type of match. That's yeah. the type of event that does it. I just don't think, I don't think it works to me, Kevin, Kevin Owens. And that's the other thing too. How great is this for Kevin Owens? If he oh, gets yeah. Steve Austin. Into I mean, Texas. think I mean, about it. It's, it's such a highlight in his life. I mean, this is a kid yeah, that grew up. We're the same age. You know, we're around the same. I'm 30. I'm going to be 38. Jeez. I'm going to be 38. We're around the same age. And you know, there was no bigger name than Steve Austin. Uh, even now, you know, like if I wear my Austin 316 shirt out, people s will say something because it's yes. so reminiscent of that 90s pop culture, the early 2000s pop culture that this guy, I mean, he was doing things that nobody saw. But for Kevin Owens, what a what a great accomplishment for him. And for Steve, to, to if this match happens, right, we're still talking if if this match happens, like you said, if there was anybody that that's as that's as safe, that's as healthy, you know, someone that could take care of him and give a great match, it would be him with nothing, with no movement, nothing. You don't have to do anything. Just stand there and throw a couple punches and hit a stunner, and you, you got a fantastic match. Smoke and mirrors, man.
I love it. I think that's great. And, and to do it in Dallas, I mean, it just makes sense. That's the whole reason, too, when people were talking about The Rock. It's like, to me, if you're going to bring The Rock back, if The Rock's willing to do something, to me, all of the eyes have always been on L.A. That just, to me, yeah. makes the most sense. And then also, too, again, all depending on what happens with Brock here, that's another reason that I'm more apt to leave the belt on Roman. Because if you are going to do a Roman-Rock match or there's any possibility that you can get the rock in the ring to me there's a no-brainer there's only one that you do and that's against roman reigns brock lesnar uh, uh, look we've seen that before i don't think that's going to happen yes you would do that one too but realistically if rock comes back what do you do it's him and roman and to me mike you don't want to you don't want to see austin and brock finally you don't want to see austin take an f5 I remember, I can vividly remember, and I'm trying to think of what website I was on the, the afternoon that he walked out before that Raw when they came up with that idea, and then it ended up being, I think it was Ric Flair who took the bullet for that, yeah. or Anderson wouldn't even jump on Brock and then ran out of the ring. But, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, no. I Of course not, I don't want to see <laughs> I don't either. I, listen, I don't either. I don't either. We're just having fun here. Uh, you know, but there's so many options here that, you know, where do you go? Uh, fantastic. I, listen, this is the most fun stuff with professional wrestling, right? The fact that we could sit here and have this conversation and enjoy it. Obviously, talk about the news, but also talk about us as fans and what we like and what we want to see and what we don't want to see. These are all things that come into play here. Uh, I don't yeah, know if you saw. Can. I don't know if you saw the Bullet Club implosion that happened last night, where Jay White turned on Gorillas of Destiny Jeez. during their tag title match at Impact No Surrender. Does this carry over? We'll find out. Uh, Jay White also had his debut match in AEW on Friday for Rampage. 7 p.m. Eastern start for Rampage. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what the ratings are for this because I've been screaming about how I hate that 10 p.m. time slot. It just doesn't do it for me on a Friday night. However, I was so gung-ho on this 7 p.m. one. where And you know what happened, Mike? I didn't even get to see it. I was working late. <laughs> So that's out the window. It won't work for me anymore. But what did you think of that 7 p.m. time? I don't. I don't like Friday. It's just, it. It comes down to Friday's a, a, a bastard. And to me, if you're going to do 10 p.m., they, they would almost be better in some way. This is going to sound ridiculous. In some ways, they would be better on Adult Swim to be built into Adult Swim and actually have the whole marketing campaign and things like that. You may actually be able to to do better 10 to 11 than you can on TNT or yeah. on TBS. It's just it's tough. All of Friday is tough for me. Uh, 7 p.m., we'll see how it goes. It just pushes it 6 p.m. In, in, in Chicago in the central time zone, I think, is rough. To me, they should replay the show, and and that would be the way to do it. But, you know, it's just one of those things. Friday, 10 p.m. is always going to be rough, and as yeah. the show goes on, you're always going to lose. So I don't know what the answer is there, if there's a better day for it, if there's a better channel for it. I don't think so because I don't think no matter what channel you put it on, you know, the fact that it's on Friday is going to be rough. But I thought, you know, the show itself, you know, when it's good, it's good. You got Dante and, and Powerhouse. You had Jay White and Beretta had a good match. You know, I still don't know if they've mashed Jay White over to the point that he matters to AEW fans that don't aren't familiar with New Japan. And I think angling him into a match with Orange Cassidy, much like with Adam Cole, I don't, for me, yeah. it doesn't work. It's not the best use of him, but we'll see how it goes. I We have talked on the M like Big Audio Nightmare where I cover New Japan and have for decades now we're actually getting to that point where it's been multiple you know <laughs> yeah you've been doing that thing you've been doing that show years. for us very long time and i have to tell you 
first time I heard it was probably like 12, 13 years ago. And it was like, it was the best, um, a crash course for me to realign with like New Japan and what's going on because I, I can't, I got out of it went during the bad years and I started coming into it again right before they had that big boom. So hearing, hearing that show was like a nice little crash course for me. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, with Dr. Keith Lipinski in different forms, we were even doing it before we came over to this site. But for a long, long time, you know, we have been saying Jay White, the obvious situation before COVID with what was going on with the Bullet Club was going to be a split between Bullet Club and House of Torture. It's just going to be, okay, Jay White's going to lead one. It makes the most sense. He is going to be the star. To me, this is leading to some of that. Will G.O.D., who is still in Bullet Club, re-sign with New Japan? As of now, will they align themselves with House of Torture? What will happen there? Are they out of Bullet Club altogether? I liked it. I thought it was a good move, and I thought New Japan actually had a pretty decent weekend considering where they've been at recently because I don't know if you've had a chance to see Okada and Naito yet, but... You know, no surprise. Another banger between those yeah. two guys and everything that makes New Japan a good product. Yeah, I, I caught a little bit right before uh, we, we went on the air. I was just seeing some parts. But, you know, listen, those two are absolutely perfect, right? They're they're unbelievable. But, you know, Jay White is a very interesting prospect in North America. We've seen what he could do in Japan. And now I think is the time for him to kind of shine on a national platform in North America. This guy is young. He's tremendous in the ring. He's improved in every way. I mean, even starting from, he's only, I mean, been in this spot for a very short period of time, and he's really taken that ball yeah. and, and led with it. And unfortunately, I think he suffered throughout the pandemic because he was set for a big, you know, big monster run. Uh, him and, and, and a ton of other people were affected by this, especially when everybody in New Japan, technically, right? Because they, they really took the big hit, hit here. But, uh, you know, put him on, what do you do with him in, in AEW on, on that roster? There's so much he could do. Going to be back right after this. Wrestling Observer Live. Andrew Zarian here. Mike Sepervivi. Wrestling Observer Live. Andrew Zarian here. Mike Sepervivi joining me today. Hey. Wrapping it up. Final couple minutes of the show. Did you enjoy doing this with me today? I did indeed. Am I better? I than, am, I, am I nicer to you than Brian? Anybody is nicer than Brian. <laughs> I mean, my God. What a cantankerous little bastard he is. But, uh, you know, hey. It, most of the reason that people know me is because of something that I've done here on the uh, Wrestling Observer slash Figure Four uh, Empire. So, what do I really have to complain about? Plus, there are several shows where I'm basically getting paid to do nothing because he's ranting so much. He only gives me like 15 seconds, and it's like, you know what? Does anybody really complain about this? You know, if, if you, <laughs> this is as close as I'm ever going to come to hitting Lotto. So I'm not going to complain about this too much. Listen, but, we, you know. we're playing for the New York Yankees here. I'm sorry to everybody else. Well, I'm not even a Yankees fan, by the way. I'm a Mets fan. We were talking about this <laughs> off the air. But we're playing for the New York Yankees. How can, how can we, how can we not be happy? Here. We're part of the dynasty. Exactly. The empire. Here it is. A lot to look forward to this week, obviously. Uh, fallout from this weekend's pay-per-view from Elimination Chamber tomorrow on Monday Night Raw. AEW News, does Tony reveal the massive announcement? Now, I'm going to give you guys yeah. my speculation here. I'm going to guess this totally. I'm guessing that it's a streaming deal, that they finalized the streaming deal. Mike, if you were to guess right now, what, what do you say it is? 
That's exactly what it, what it feels like to me. Uh, something that is separate from from Turner, and that, that's a, a whole another kettle of fish that they need to actually figure out over there when it comes to TBS, TNT, and their sports properties. Uh, but yeah, that to me it screams that that's going to be what it is. I mean, other than that, I mean, the video game to me, if he hyped it up like that, I think there's going to be a little gravitas to it, and I, I think that that makes the most sense to me. With all the footage they have, makes the most sense. Yeah, uh, listen or. Speculate some more, right? I want to hear from it. Tweet me, at Andrew Zarian on Twitter. Wrapping up here, Mike Sepervivi, Andrew Zarian, Wrestling Observer Live. We're back tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. I believe with Brian Alvarez. See you guys later.